This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian here. Nemi. And Mark. All right, so you can, of course, bring up anything that you want. That is the point of the program. And, of course, we always have stuff to bring to the table to discuss with you as well. And to start things out here tonight, the Democratic National Convention is uh, going on uh, as we speak. And not that I really care about that. I didn't care about the Republican one. Don't watch it. It'll, you know, blanch your mind. Yeah, I'm not interested really in the the goings-on of the convention. I'm more interested in what's going on outside of the convention, as we reported to you last night. Well, before you go on with this, I was watching a little bit of the convention today, and... I, what I saw amazed me. They had a they brought up this plank about uh, including a uh, you know a, a plank in the the Democratic convention their their little their guidelines platform. their platform saying that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel and mentioning God in the the platform. And they asked for a voice vote. Uh, they had to get two thirds. They and you know they asked for a voice vote, and it was pretty obvious to me that it was close, but that the nose might have it. They asked three times, and then just finally overruled it and said the chair by the chairman's opinion that was uh, two thirds that the voice vote was two thirds yay. So we're just going to take it as yay. They just ran right over it, just like they did with Ron Paul and so, the Republicans. So the Democratic Party now has has God on its platform, something like that. I mean, oh, you know, I, I didn't really care what it was that they were claiming it just that how they did it um and they just did the same thing that the republicans did to the ron paul people just kind of make it up as they go along just jammed just it right down their throat on the rules cnn well that's just how things go you know i mean the people in power they don't want to have their their little positions threatened and they'll do whatever it takes apparently as we've seen so but i'm more interested in what's going on outside obviously there's corruption going on inside the convention <laughs> sure know was uh, and thanks for sharing that. I that's, found it stunning. Yeah, that's that's useful to know that that, uh, that was going on. Uh, but what we discussed last night was that Charlotte has passed these rules that are not just going to apply this week, but will apply from here on out, that essentially ban the carrying of a water bottle. Uh, Socks. They would ban somebody holding an apple or anything that could be used as a projectile, anything with sufficient weight to be used as a projectile. It just takes all the fun out of it entirely, if you ask me. You can't throw rotten fruit. That you cannot have anything they don't want you to have, and basically the law is written in a vague enough manner to where they can just target you because they don't like you. Of course, that's the point, is yeah. to target the people they don't like and leave the politically privileged people with their water bottles uh, intact. So, you know, there's some ridiculous uh, news going on from outside the convention, and now that the uh, event has started to heat up, uh, we're starting to hear about some of the protests that are going on. Rumor was that the protesting was weak in Florida due to fears uh, surrounding the hurricane, because you know how people are about hurricanes. They kind of freak out about it, especially if they've never really experienced one before. And I guess the hurricane didn't end up hitting, but I, it was enough to keep people away from mm-hmm. significantly from the Republican National Convention. Not so at the Democratic National Convention. The occupiers are on the scene, and arrests are happening, uh, according to... The Examiner, as well as other news sources, uh, looks like uh, John Penley, who was organizing a particular protest, was arrested a few blocks from the Bank of America Stadium, where the event, uh, the Democratic National Convention, is happening, charged with breaking police lines and barricades, which is a misdemeanor. He's being held on $300 bond. Now, where I first saw this story was uh, a Facebook 
photo of him being arrested. And the caption on the photo, and I can't find this duplicated in any of the news reporting, but the caption on the photo was that they plucked this guy out of the crowd. The official reports are saying he crossed a police line, and so therefore he was uh, arrested for that reason. But the Facebook report was that he was just plucked out of the crowd, they believe, because he was the organizer of the event on Facebook. And it's uh, kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I, likely the reporters weren't standing there to see this guy cross the police line. So if the police say that this guy crossed the police line, then he just crossed the police line. It's not like right. anybody, uh, any of these reporters ever takes what the, the what law enforcement or any government official says and questions it. Right. Um, what they, they just, you know, they might they might smack allegedly in front of it, but that's about all they do. So um, if somebody on the ground says that that's what uh, that that's what happened, then, you know, to some extent, I see there's validity in their report about. uh, Let's see. John is a U.S. Navy veteran, a Vietnam veteran and freelance photographer. He's very active in the local Asheville protest community, was a grassroots political activist associated with the squatters rights movement and housing protests of the 80s and 90s in New York City's East Village and Lower East Side. I'm certainly no fan of the idea of squatters' rights, but uh, nonetheless... He's he's so red, I don't know. About 200 protesters began their march at noon on Tuesday towards the convention center led by a group of veterans, including John. The protesters were blocked by a row of police bicycles at an intersection a few blocks from a park where the protesters had been camping out. They'd been planned on... uh, They've been planning... Or they had been planning on going right to the Bank of America Stadium. There are conflicting reports about the basis for John's arrest. The Charlotte Observer claims he breached the police line and was arrested. An Occupy Asheville source claims he was targeted to be arrested and plucked from the crowd. This is the Examiner reporting on this, uh, which is more of kind of an independent uh, internet-based journalism source. After the arrest, 30 protesters sat in the intersection and refused to move. They then set up a tent in the street. The group had no permit to march and were planning to continue to an unapproved area. So uh, he apparently last... Uh, last Tell their heard, scoff laws. We, uh, last we've heard he is uh, still awaiting bail. Not sure if he has been released today. In other news, Carlos Miller from Pixic and the... Uh, Photography is not a crime. Photography is not a crime blog at Pixic. Uh, CarlosMiller.com is the best way to get to his website. Is on the scene as well. And he writes that uh, the DNC is getting off to a rousing start with at least five times the number of people arrested so far than were arrested during the entire Republican National Convention, including the near arrest of two journalists on Sunday. The journalists were detained after outing a group of undercover cops in a protest, according to FireDogLake.com. Oh, well, that's them. very interesting. And this is something the public doesn't get. Uh, you know, the, the whole Kent State massacre, agent provocateurs, like they've come out and said that this was the case. And, uh, you know, these happen all the time where agents provocateur will get involved and they're the ones throwing the rocks. And then the police react to the police in the crowd, we're throwing the rocks, and mm-hmm. then they do whatever it is they want to do to the to the uh, protesters. Yeah, don't be anywhere near somebody throwing a rock because odds are good you're going to get your head caved in or something like that. Uh, two journalists during the uh, or covering the DNC were confronted on Sunday by two undercover agents who assaulted one of the journalists and threatened to punch the other in the mouth for photographing them. 
The two journalists, Kevin Gost- uh, Gostola of FireDogLake.com and Steve Horn, a Truthout contributor, credentialed to cover the DNC for WORT-FM in Madison, Wisconsin, took notice of four burly, middle-aged white males during a public march. The four <laughs> were taking photos of the undocumented immigrant contingent in the march. They were carrying no papers, no fear, blue flags, and had put stickers from Code Pink on their person to make it seem like they were protesters in the demonstration. One man in an orange shirt had a black piece in one of his ears. Horn and Gostola followed one of the men when they left the demonstration. At the corner of uh, wherever, the man in the orange shirt claimed that he was a protester and did not like having his picture taken. He threatened to punch Gostola in the teeth. He belligerently command, uh, c- commanded the two journalists to cross the street. The agent in the orange shirt sounds like a protester, yeah, huh? Yeah, right. The protester tells you to get across the street. The agent in the orange shirt then grabbed Horn and pulled him to the corner where Molly McPherson's Scottish pub is located. The orange shirt called for uniformed police officers to stop the two journalists in front of the restaurant. One of the agents chased down Gostola, who tried to walk away. Then on Fifth Street, a uniformed police officer ran after Gostola, who turned when he saw the officer. He was stopped and searched. The report goes on to say that Gostola deleted his photos in front of the officer in order to avoid arrest or confiscation of the device. Yeah, and now, you know, tell me in a free country where you have freedom of the press, where you can't take pictures of people, of protesters. I mean, protesters protesting in the street. So if undercover cops want to get involved in a protest and pretend to be protesters, they don't have any right to privacy. They don't have a right to privacy even if they aren't undercover cops. I'm just, right, I don't care whether a cop's in uniform or not in uniform. If he's not standing on his own property or on private property, he doesn't have any kind of expectation of privacy. Seems like it's a good way to out the undercovers. Just start taking pictures of everybody who's supposed to be a protester. It's Free Talk Live. Do you like action and adventure? Do you like suspense? Do you like being scared? Are you tired of the same old crap from your fantasy and horror authors? Then try something original. Give Matthew Bellotti's books a read. As a special promotion to introduce you to his work, all his ebooks will be free to download at mwb.freetalklive.com September 5th and 6th. All five of his books, free, no strings attached. It's Matthew Wayne Bellotti, the best fantasy horror author you've never heard of. mwb.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features we give to you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you in studio, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Hey, and those features include our mobile site. If you've got a smartphone and you want quick access to our live streams, just visit M, as in mobile, dot freetalklive.com. That's M dot freetalklive.com. The streams are there in three different sizes. We've got broadband, midband, and narrowband versions. Also, you can link to our podcast and download software. If you don't have uh, software on your phone that you can use to listen to streaming audio, we've got that linked to uh, there for you as well. Go to m.freetalklive.com. Do you like action and adventure? Do you like suspense? Do you like being scared? Are you tired of the same old crap from your fantasy and horror authors? Then try something original. Give Matthew Bellotti's books a read. As a special promotion to introduce you to his works, all his ebooks will be free to download at mwb at uh, mwb.freetalklive.com. Uh, that's today 
and tomorrow, September 5th and 6th. It's all three books in the Black Blade trilogy, the Ouija's, and his latest book, The Edge of Sanity, No Strings Attached. It's Matthew Bellotti and his uh, fantasy and it's the best fantasy and horror author that you've never heard of. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, he's he's a caller on the show, liberty activist, a friend of mine. And uh, we're trying to break into the top. He was trying to break into the top 100 of Amazon.com. And he actually managed to do that in the early part of today. And credits awesome. the, uh, Free Talk Live is really the only place he's uh, advertising this, or at least the uh, the lion's share. And he credits Free Talk Live and really appreciates the folks that have managed to do this. Uh, the first book, The Colors of Iberia. Book one, the Black Blade trilogy is already at number 45 earlier today. So if uh, folks go and uh, download it for free, you can push them up to number one. Be really awesome. It's mwb.freetalklive.com. You can't beat that price tag. <laughs> right. I mean, what's, what's there to argue with about that? 855 450 free, the SACL CAI toll free line. We're going to go to your phone calls here, but I just wanted to add the uh, thoughts here from Carlos Miller regarding. The journalists outside the Democratic National Convention who were threatened by undercover and uniformed police officers and forced under threat of duress to erase the pictures they took of the people that they believed in, correctly apparently, uh, believed to be undercover officers who had infiltrated the Occupy uh, movement there and or were infiltrating uh, the protesters. So they were trying to take pictures of these guys. They were then threatened and told that they would be arrested and their devices confiscated if they did not delete the photos. Now, that's a scary situation, especially for somebody who's never had to, you know, never been in police custody before, somebody who's maybe, uh, you know, a novice at dealing with the police and, uh, you know, dealing with their intimidation tactics. But I have to agree with Carlos Miller and his assessment here. He says, for the umpteenth time, police have no legal right to order you to delete your footage or confiscate your camera. That was confirmed this year by the U.S. Department of Justice. Journalists need to make a stand in these incidents, even if they face the risk of arrest. Right, and that's what they were threatened with. They were threatened with arrest if they didn't delete these photos. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's what cops have. Cops can arrest with impunity. They're, not, right. they're probably not going to get in any trouble. But if journalists don't stand up and say, no. I this is a free country and I've got the you know the freedom of the press and I'm not going to delete these and uh, you know sorry if you don't do that you don't have the freedom of the press right I mean if if no if no journalist stands up you're not going to this is what the expectation is of journalists by the individuals in this country people expect journalists to stand up for uh, you know the freedom of uh, freedom of the press I don't know that that's true I think that people take take note when journalists do but i don't think the expectation is that journalists are like the the last bastion of protection in the u.s i, well, I don't think i don't that's... know that they think that they that but only for freedom of the press how can the individual uh stand up for freedom of the press the press has to stand up for freedom of the press right understood but there is also a reason we were talking during the break are we 47th or 49th and or 48th and and the um reporters without freedom. right world press freedom index of the reporters without borders we're 48th that's ridiculous supposedly the freest country on earth i'm sure there's somebody listening right now that's willing to that you know called the united states the freest country on earth in the last week well sorry it's not the case when it comes to press freedom i don't like 40 something look i don't know what these journalists think i don't know what is going through their mind but maybe they really do believe that story i mean they went to the government schools they went to you know government uh, college they got their journalism degrees from government sponsored colleges cuz pretty much every college except for like one or two is sponsored by the government 
is uh, you know fed money by the government. So they're they're trained to believe probably the whole line about hey, free country, free press, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then all of a sudden they're out covering an event where they're confronted by the police and in a very intimidating fashion. These guys are scary. They do know how to uh, to intimidate. They're trained at doing that. And it's got to be a real shocking moment uh, for them to just kind of, whoa, you know, here's reality staring you in the face. And he's a big hulking thug. Yep. Not all cops are good after all. Right. Who is going to possibly hurt you. Uh, At least that's the impression they would like to give you and and or destroy your two thousand dollar camera. And so, you know, in this case, he was pretending to be a protester. So maybe that's how he thinks protesters act. I don't know. They I mean, they had the suspicion. These are more independent journalists anyway. Uh, Truthout.org and a uh, website entitled. Let me see. It's a website entitled FireDogLake.com. So these are not, you know, your your typical stuff from them. Have we? Okay. I think so. Uh, We have not, you know, these aren't your typical mainstream media journalists necessarily. So they should have even known better than uh, the average mainstream media journalist should have. But, you know, all that aside, it's tough when you're dealing with the police. It's hard. They're intimidating and they're good at it. Um, Especially if you're not good at what you're doing. If it's your first or second time challenging the police on on what they're saying or what they're instructing you to do, it's not easy. It's not easy to find the, I don't know, intestinal fortitude. Well, right. And, you know, maybe you can't afford to hire an attorney. And maybe the the attorneys, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the attorneys are going to really jump in and try and help you out. Hopefully, you know, there are organizations that are devoted to helping reporters that get into these situations and photographers. Uh, But you don't necessarily know that in advance. If you're not an activist and you're just a, somebody doing a job. You don't know about all the resources that might be out there to help you. Uh, and it, you can feel kind of alone when they're, when they're threatening you like this. But I absolutely agree with Carlos's assessment. Look, you guys have to stand up if you want to have the rights. And I think that what's shocking is that people, you know, this kind of dawning realization that, oh, wow, we don't have the rights we were told that we have. Look, these people are willing to just tra- trample all over them. What do we do? Well, I would like to not go to a cage, so I'm going to go ahead and do what the officer says. And I don't blame anybody for that you know, fear. I don't blame anybody for acting out of fear. It's, it's pretty common that humans do that. But ultimately, it is their fault for, uh, for getting things to where they are. You know, 48th in the world, or 47th or whatever, uh, in the world of all the press freedom of all the countries around the world. If journalists would stand up for themselves, then we would have more press freedom. You don't have rights unless you're willing to stand up for them and protect them yep. and, and demand them. You can't just expect these government people to respect them because it's clear they don't. What evidence do you have that police officers are out there protecting people's constitutional rights? I mean, I'm sure that there are some cops out there that are doing it, but it seems like mostly they're trying to to encroach upon them. All right, so there's more coming up here at 855-450-FREE. And you can, of course, share your thoughts. Maybe you're down there in North Carolina at the convention and or you're outside of it involved in the protests. Would love to hear your stories. 855-450-3733. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a liberty activist or enthusiast looking to meet others like you? Do you want to advance capitalism, peace, and freedom, but aren't sure how? I'm Amanda Mill, Executive Director of Liberty on the Rocks, encouraging supporters of a free society to host Happy Hour. Activism and education doesn't need to be boring, and you can find free market friends. So start a Liberty on the Rocks network near you and begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. 
is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features. We give them to you there. Uh, They're on the house, and they include the webcam. A lot of uh, talk show hosts want to charge you for things like their webcam. We give it away. So go to freetalklive.com. You can enjoy that. Actually, you can go straight to the cam by visiting cam. Dot freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Worth every penny, the cam. <laughs> when it comes to potential police abuse, uh, most important place to protect yourself as well, driving. Freedomcam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. It's the GPS black box dash cam. It's an easy-to-use unit. It has uh, video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone, GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. I think that probably the most important thing about this unit is you don't have to do anything. You turn on your car key, and it turns on. You turn it off. It turns off. It keeps the last eight hours and whatever sort of important events it it decides are, are there, and it just keeps them. It's just doing it all the time. And then when you have some incident, whether it's an accident or, you know, uh, let's hope not, but a, an encounter with, uh, you know, say a police officer doesn't remember the story exactly you, the way you remember it, you'll have the ultimate witness. It's the GPS black box dash cam. And it's on sale right now. As a matter of fact, the guy who runs the website called me up today, says, I'm running a sale. I want to do some ads on Free Talk Live. So I can move some units, and uh, this is a limited-time offer. So if you've been thinking about getting the, the dash cam, now's the time. Go to freedomcam.net. And by the way, Ian, they take bitcoins. Excellent news. Nice. Freedomcam.net. All right. So a uh, toll-free number here again is 855-450-FREE. And uh, we're sharing an update here from Carlos Miller at carlosmiller.com. The photography is not a crime blog. And I may have misunderstood. He may not actually be in uh, North Carolina for the DNC. He was at the Republican National Convention because Carlos is based out of Miami, so trivial matter for him to get up to Tampa. Uh, but uh, so he is reporting on what's going on at the DNC, and apparently it is uh, intimidation tactics surrounding the uh, in, indie media, basically. They've threatened a couple of photographers, a couple of journalists, independent journalists, and uh, intimidated them into deleting their photos that they had taken of people that they believed to be undercover officers who had infiltrated the protest movement, which isn't uncommon. Uh, Carlos says that he, when he was in the Republican National, when he was outside of the Republican convention, had uh, was, I guess, uh, hanging around some indie bay journalists, uh, Dave Id and Jacob Crawford. He spotted a pair of undercover Secret Service agents, or they spotted a pair of undercover Secret Service agents, whom they had spotted two days earlier in a labor march. And they, he's got the photos there to prove it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, they were in the labor march, and they saw them hanging out and chit-chatting with the secret, you know, with the actual obvious Secret Service people. And so, you know, you've got it going on at the Republican convention. You've got it going on at the Democratic convention, police infiltration of protest movements. And this was Secret Service. It's not just the the average cop. That's true. Uh, And not only that, but you've also got uh, Austin police admitting that they have infiltrated the Occupy movement. According to MyFoxAustin.com, in December, Occupy protesters, some of which were from Austin, blocked the entrance of a Houston port group of protesters were charged with a felony because they linked their arms with a device called a lockbox. They claimed that Austin police helped them make it, and now they want charges to be dropped. 
Dave Cortez, an Austin occupier, claims he had an interaction with one of the occupy or the one of the undercover officers. Cortez said, "Supplying and encouraging these folks in Houston to be more aggressive with these actions. This man would attend our meetings, pull me aside, and say we need to do more aggressive actions, which he encourages the folks to do, or he, which he encouraged the folks to do in Houston." Austin police confirmed Friday undercover officers had infiltrated the group to gain intelligence about plans breaking the law. Based on concerns from citizens... To, to encourage the breaking of the law. <laughs> that's what it ended up being. Austin police a chief or assistant chief Sean Mannix says, based on concerns from citizens in the movement and actual criminal activity taking place in downtown and City Hall Plaza, it was determined plainclothes officers blending in with the surroundings was necessary in the safety and participants in the community. Mannix says one of their detectives testified in court. The assistant police chief walked out afterwards, dodging reporter questions, saying there's no internal investigation. He says because of the nature of the ongoing criminal trial, he can't make any further comment. They they weren't going to comment anyway. They don't have any obligation. They're not going to. The average uh, person in the public, I believe, when they think about an undercover in a situation like this, believes that the police officer is there in order to gain intelligence and to... Uh, forestall any violence that might occur. What they don't believe is happening is what is happening, which is that these police officers are encouraging people to be violent and that they're supplying people with the tools of violence that they've encouraged. So, uh, you know, I mean, people that would otherwise not necessarily do what they're going to do, uh, I think it's just wrong. Right. So they had this lockbox device, and I'm not sure exactly what that is. I haven't looked that one up. Uh, but they had a device that essentially escalated their protest to felony charges. And they say the police were the ones who encouraged this. They were the ones who, the undercover cops that had infiltrated the Occupy movement, were the ones who came up with the idea and encouraged the lockbox action. I'm sure it's true. I mean, we've heard the story too many times. Yep. This is just playbook stuff. It's not like, it's not like uh, you know, the, 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 the government doesn't generally use the same plays over and over again. That's what they're doing. Let's go to the phones to the fun. You can bring up what you want. Pat is listening in McConnellsburg, Pennsylvania, to FM Talk 1037, the evolution of talk. Pat, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nemi, and Mark. Hey, man. Uh, look, uh, me and a buddy of mine would chat earlier today, and we were wondering about old uh, Britney Spears or she's still flashing uh, her stuff. You're wondering if Britney Spears is still flashing her stuff. Can you tell me a little bit more uh, what you mean by that? Remember back in, uh, LA, I think it was L.A., was uh, flashing her cooch, I think. <laughs> Wasn't she getting out of a car and not wearing underpants? I believe that uh, that was the yeah, situation. Yeah, something like that. Maybe you know, Britney there are some important issues in the world, and this is certainly one of them, apparently, to a lot of people. <laughs> I am uh, so Pat. glad he called in tonight, because I myself have been wondering... You if were waiting Britney, for yeah, this topic that's to right. come up. I've been waiting by my television. Uh, Pat, you know, I honestly, thought- I don't really follow uh, Britney Spears, so you might know better than I whether or not she is uh, still flashing her stuff. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she did it on purpose. But I can tell you that if her career tanks, she'll probably end up flashing her stuff. I thank you for the call, Pat. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free Apparently, line. there's news on Britney Spears from the last hour. I mean, good oh, yeah? Lord. You thought that nothing was going on with Britney Spears, and here you go. Oh, the, the pop media Amazing is what Google, Google brings to you, right? Yeah, New what's, York Daily So what's news. the latest, Mark? What do we need to know about Britney, Britney Spears? Britney Spears made the first move in a relationship with fiancé Jason Tarwick. I, I know nothing. Oh, so, does that mean she, she asked him out? That. What's that? She asked him out or something like that? Or um, I, so, uh, Here's the means. byline. I, I haven't read this article. Um, I guess I've been under the microscope so long that I don't even pay attention to the <laughs> nonsense anymore, the singer said of her life in the spotlight. Wow, this is deep. Yep, she's, these are, appears these to be, are the important issues of our time. He has a guitar in his hand. He looks very pensive. <laughs> I would be too if Britney Spears was making the first move on me and I had a guitar in my hand. I'd look pretty pensive. She looks like she has one of those uh, those those plastic ankle casts on. Maybe it's just some kind of fancy shoe, though. So there are a lot of people. Now, I don't know if he was joking or if he was really seriously wanting to know if Britney Spears was still flashing her cooch. She appears to be singing in her underpants <laughs> on the cover of Elle. That's kind of close. Kind of close to a cooch flash, I guess, but not really. Underpants? Does uh, not <laughs> take a look. These are granny, sparkly blue granny panties. Come on, I don't, really? Those those are granny panties. You're, okay. you're correct, Mark. Uh, what else would you call that? I, I would call them glittery, glittery, glittery pan- blue granny, granny panties. panties. Yeah, I don't know. What do you want to say about this? I mean, I'm done. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I've said all I please, want to say about it. Please safe, Mark. The dude's sitting in the back looking at sheet music, looking pensive again. This is his trick. He's just like, whatever a picture is taken of me, I'll look pensive. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. He you probably can, can't even add the four. You really can bring up anything, and we'll attempt to say something uh, intelligent about it. We really will. 1-855-453. This I've is developed an opinion on this guy already. Free Talk Live. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. is free talk live and you can take control of these airwaves toll free 1-855-450-3733 and i think we just proved it a moment ago with the uh, guy who sounded somewhat inebriated calling about britney spears flashing her stuff or her cooch as he ended up uh, clarifying for us uh 855-450 free because these are the I, important I think it's issues. unfair to say that she flashed it i mean she was getting was out of a supposedly car supposedly an accident but maybe not maybe her career was faltering at that time and it was a calculated a, a devious calculated move i to- know when i do it it's intentional Right. Was that a, was 9-11 an inside job, too? I mean, what kind of conspiracy theory is that? I mean, the, the lady wasn't wearing underpants, which is not an uncommon thing to do. You don't do it. That's, and that's she was, true. She was wearing... Uh, Clarify, you're talking, you're pointing at Ian. I am. I am yeah. pointing at Ian. Does that mean you do wear underpants? I'm not discussing this on the air. 
I, oh, abs- <laughs> that's no fun. Yeah, I'm going to go on the record and say, yeah, I'm pro underpants. Um, <laughs> the, but, you know, so, I mean, she's not wearing them. She's wearing a short skirt. I mean, she is Britney Spears. She has a, she's some of a fashion mogul yeah. gal. She's supposed to wear these kind of things. She's getting out of a low limousine. And, uh, yeah, you know, something happened. I, it certainly wasn't a glamorous shot. It, it certainly wasn't something no. that was, you know, planned in advance. It, it wasn't it, it wasn't Sharon Stone in uh, Fatal Attraction or whatever that but, was. You know, was the, the word word certainly got around. Basic instinct. I, mean, I think, I think, I think, I think you. you're thinking of. Yeah. And I didn't think that was that great of a shot either. The word did get around, though, right? I mean, uh, you remembered it. I remembered it. Uh, I don't the know. The caller right. is still asking about it. I mean, did you remember? <laughs> uh, yes, I yeah. remember the shot. So, yes, like, I even do. though one, even though 100 percent of the people in the studio uh, aren't really pop culture, you know. We're, we're not zealots about these sorts of things. I don't follow the scene. I didn't, didn't know who her boyfriend was. I can't tell you what the name of her Thank old God Mark's husband here. was. And uh, so, you know, I'm not a follower of the scene. But, you know, when somebody like Britney Spears' uh, stuff is on display, word gets around. It was a wardrobe mis- malfunction. Yeah. this That is... Uh, Free Talk Live's official position is that Britney Spears' uh, crotch shot was a wardrobe malfunction. Until she calls in to tell us otherwise. Indeed. Right. I want to find out about this new guy, Jason Tarwick, though. Do you really? Yeah. Why? I I, I don't like his poses in this... uh, New York Daily News.com uh, article. It bothers me. What is going on here? <laughs> Mark, are you feeling protective? Brittany, what's going on? I, I think Brittany is, I could just look at her here and tell she's a musical genius. I mean, the way she's singing this <laughs> microphone in her sparkly granny panty oh drawers God. here. <laughs> so is that her a boyfriend with a guitar in his hands? He's got apparently? the guitar in her hands. And then look at the next picture down. He's looking at the sheet music. As, this, this, uh, as though this guy's just, he's intent on things. He's a, yeah. he's a pensive man. He's a man. real musician. Yes. And Unlike I'm, I'm, Britney Spears. I've got Britney Spears hanging on him. If he were a him. real musician, he'd be wearing the sparkly granny panties. That's right. So, you know, this kind of brings up the inevitable subject of pop culture and the obsession that Americans, a lot of Americans, have with it. Uh, I mean, you have whole magazines devoted to it. Uh, there's, you know, as you've seen, if you you know Google Britney Spears and click the news results, all kinds of different stories come up about her. You can fall into this world of uh, who's dating who and who's having sex with who and cheating on who and getting divorced and having babies and what uh, new projects are they involved with, what new albums and movies and things like that are coming out. And there's no end to it. I mean, you can uh, delve into the the world of pop cultures as deeply as you want to. You've said with and and so many times in that long run-on sentence that I don't even know which is the objects and which is the direct objects and where who and whom should be even placed. I really don't know either. Go ahead. Um, I'm just spouting off here at this on this issue uh, of you know this bread and circuses that uh, I think believe, you know the pop culture is a part. Uh, s- sports, I think, also is another kind of area of this. Now, look, if that's what you're into and that's what you like and that's what your free time is spent on, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing for you to you know have an interest in something else that's not you and your life. Obviously, we all have things that we enjoy doing. We all have our hobbies and the things that uh, you know that are our preferences. I just think that uh, you know, there's no denying that some people are absolutely obsessed with this to the point where it could be detrimental to their own lives. I have the concern that you know, if you're spending all your time concerning yourself with who's dating who and all of that, uh, what about your own life? What about the the things that are happening in, with your family or your friends or the you know your co out in your own yard? Yeah, well, on your own be, street. This could be applied to news too, though. The vast news majority- junkies. 
yeah, the vast majority of news that we talk about on this show really doesn't affect the average individual. We use these uh, these news stories as foils to talk about freedoms and freedoms, and that really does affect people's lives. Uh, you know, a lack of freedom. Mostly, most people aren't pushing the envelope of freedom um, in this country, but. It's an effect on them at the very least. But most people, you know, I mean, when you turn on the evening news, you're going to hear about somebody shot at the corner store, um, you know, many blocks away or another city or, or two away. And that doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't change anything. I, I took a break from news for a couple of years. And and it's still there. And it was yeah. the same thing when I came back. I same just, thing with pop culture. I, yeah, I just watched Trash TV for the first time. And What is Trash TV? I, well, I think it was Maury called Povich. Wife Swap. It was some some terrible show. It was terrible. Absolutely. Jerry Springer. Yeah, yeah. And you just watch. Were I they swapping their wives in the sort of sexual sense, or was this no? Like one it of was. Those shows it was not they, kinky trash TV. It was just fire. where they were they trading swap households or something. Yeah, I gotcha. It's like the redneck goes to live with the the Richie mm-hmm. um, boot camp instructor or whatever. I don't, I don't know. It, it, it was enough. It was an hour of it, and I was like, yeah, I gotta go. I'd much rather go outside and sit in the sun. It's just trash TV. It's there's no substance to it. So look, I get where you're coming from, Mark. I think that you're right. I mean, any any immersion uh, beyond a certain point into anything, I think, can be detrimental to uh, to one's life. Whether you're a news junkie or a, a pop culture junkie, I think that's that's true. And I, I ultimately, you know, I want people to have the freedom to enjoy their sports and their pop culture and their news or whatever it is that they're into. Or it must video to games some or... extent be innate. I mean, if if you and I know. What's going on with Britney Spears uh, coming out of a uh, limousine with no underpants on? Then it is deep and pervasive in society because we do not watch this stuff at all. And uh, you know the very fact that we know shows just uh, you know what an incredible uh, sort of idea or meme or conversation there is around Britney Spears in America. Absolutely. And I just uh, it's just sad that the conversation isn't around to me. You know, obviously, we have our priorities and preferences and everybody's got their own viewpoint. And, you know, nobody's necessarily wrong or right in in the viewpoint of what their preferences are. But that doesn't mean we, you know, our preferences are invalid or our opinions are invalid. And I think that uh, it's sad that people are so concerned with the lives of the stars and the celebrities as opposed to their own lives while, you know, their freedoms are slipping away. Is it going? Are people still going to be looking at uh, you know the magazines with the People magazine and what are some of the other ones? Star magazine, I think, is one of them. Uh, these kind of uh, impulse buy sections where you're checking out the grocery store, oh, yeah. you see them there. Uh, are people still going to be just immersed in this as the police state rises around them, as drones are flitting about the sure, skies? Because they already are. Right. They already are. So it's not going to get any better. I know, and that's what's so sad about it. It's very true. You know, you've got all these horrible stories about oppression, photographers having their cameras, you know, broken and stolen and threatened and, uh, you know, news uh, journalists being intimidated, protesters being arrested. Uh, You've got all kinds of really important things out there that could actually affect how the rest of your life plays out or the rest of an individual's life plays out. And they're just oblivious to it all. Oh, we got to figure out who's winning the uh, the sports team. My life is so stressful. I need the escape of of looking at this magazine and seeing all these pretty women who have been photoshopped to to death. Yeah, they're not even real. <laughs> they're not even real. And uh, live and, you know, vicariously the, through them. Is it true? That, do they? I don't know. What I don't do know if think? that's what it is, but it's it's certainly something to talk about. 
Yeah. So, like, when you're at uh, this is something that I've I've heard. Uh, Julia has told me about this because she works in kind of like you know an office environment where you get the water cooler yeah. talk and all that, and it's something that people can relate to one another about even though it's not real right like it's not really something they can relate about it's just something they can talk about oh well let's talk about the patriots you know that's uh, that's a big thing up here uh in the the northeast or let's talk about the tv shows that uh that everybody watches together yeah a friend of mine used to watch tv just so she would have something to talk about with her coworkers Mm -hmm. at at the the cubicle farm where she worked and i just can't imagine doing that i would much rather spend my time in my evenings, doing stuff that doesn't involve watching TV. You know, it's easy to sit on this high horse, but I've got to say that, you know, I just caught myself today playing, uh, you know, on online on Facebook, uh, Michael Z. Williamson, an author that I like, I watch him on Facebook, and he, uh, you know, he asked, well... Who would win in a knife fight of all the uh, presidents past and present? And, you know, I mean, really, have I done anything more than read an article about Britney Spears, essentially, by spending time deciding whether or not Andrew Jackson could take uh, George Washington? Um, by the way, I got my Jackson's money on Jackson. Jackson's got it, yeah. Yeah, Jackson's yeah, a bad, bad mamma jamma. Um, and absolutely he was. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt I like, but I mean, he probably didn't have a lot of training in the area of uh, knives, more bayonets. Toll-free number tonight, 855-453. Your thoughts are welcome on this issue or whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour 2's next. Free Talk Live. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty. And now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there. Uh, They're totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com. You get to actually control the content of the site as well. So the main focus of the site is the stuff you've put there. And when you go to freetalklive.com, you'll see what that's all about. As you look down the main page, there are numbered items. Those items were submitted by listeners like you. The numbers are votes. Those votes were cast by listeners like you. Maybe even you. Uh, You can go to freetalklive.com and you can cast a vote on whatever you see there. Uh, In fact, what you should do is go to the upcoming stories page. That's where you'll find the freshest content on the site that has just been submitted over the last 24, 48 hours or so. And you can vote on those items. And that's the most important voting you can do because those votes, those initial votes, determine whether or not those items will make it to the front page and the top of the website. Meaning 
listening, we're more likely to see them, other listeners as well. So go to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. It's all free. Here tonight, it's Ian. Oh, sorry, Nemi, you just got in here. I apologize. Your mic was He shut me off. (laughs) This is Nemi. And And we'll go to the phones and to the fun. Daryl is on the line listening in keen uh, to Liberty 94.3. Hey, Daryl. Hello, uh, Ian, Nimi, and Mark. I hope all of you are having a good night. And hopefully this hour does not go down that uh, hill that it went down last No, no, I have questions for Mark about a kilt. (laughs) It's going to get worse, my friends. (laughs) <laughs> Are you referring oh, to well, the? I, I will make sure that I listen. And, uh, <laughs> I guess technically, by definition, nothing is worn under a kilt. Otherwise, it's a skirt. This is what we need to establish. <laughs> See, I heard Mark wore a kilt at Porkfest. I missed. I, I this. am the owner of a, of a yeah. kilt. Okay, uh, I have seen the kilt. So, is it a bona fide kilt? It, what makes it a bona fide kilt? Well, is it is it a tartan from a clan? Uh, it is utilicilt, which is a more modern piece of uh, of, of clothing. And does it have the underwear built into it? No, it does not have underwear built into it. No. Okay. The, how is it I, a modern day kilt then? Well, because it's made out of <laughs> it's made of like twill and it's uh, dark green. Okay, so it's not technically uh, all right. It, okay. it is not a. So the the, a the question on on the porch this evening was: Did Mark wear underwear under his kilt at Porkfest? It's, I think I it's a general stand question. I did question. not see him get out of a car. I'm asking. Mark's sitting right here I'm next just, to me. I, I'm thinking whether or not one would see through this uh, kilt. I mean, it is designed to uh, be to give you somewhat level of modesty. But I am for undergarments. <laughs> I'm Does that mean them. you did wear so, them? I love I, Ian's I, on it with I don't run here. around without undergarments on. <laughs> so there's under, your answer. Under no circumstances. So, so you were a false Scott. Uh, look, I, I'm as I, I, I'm as Scottish as I am Scottish, and I'm reasonably certain that I am somewhat Scottish, but uh, not Scottish so enough. You're, yeah, right. You're a poser, man. I, 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 fine by me. <laughs> if, yeah. if, it's, if the choice is between being a poser and not wearing <laughs> underpants, you're going to be a poser. Yeah. All right, Daryl. Daryl, <laughs> underpants for or against? Uh, I, I am Switzerland on this issue. <laughs> no, I, I take no stance. If one wishes to wear, then it is their choice. If they wish not to, then all the better. Very good. So what were you calling well, about tonight? I, I wanted to call, and congratulations are in order to you, Ian, and right. actually to all libertarians in New Hampshire. The Secretary of State officially accepted the petition for the Libertarian Party to be ballot qualified here in New Hampshire. Awesome. You, you mean oh, the 13,000 petitions? It's not like just one was signed. They did, they did a lot right. of uh, it, it collecting. It was uh, actually close to 15,000 petitions. You know, 15,000 registered voters in the state had a certified petition saying that they were registered to vote and signed the petition. And then that stack, which is According to the Secretary of State, it's a stack of petitions. So, you know, here's the Libertarian Party's petition for ballot access. Got it. So, uh, so yeah, you're congratulating me because I'm running for political office. I mean, I don't expect to have a chance in hell of winning, but, you know, at the very least, I'll probably get a, an article in the newspaper with uh, outlining some liberty-minded viewpoints. And, and, maybe... and being ballot qualified and running is a whole lot better than running while not being ballot qualified and trying to do a write-in. This is true. 
and uh, you're going to be running for uh, local office as well. What, what we really need are more people uh, here in New Hampshire doing uh, the political scene. There are a number of them. Lots of them are running as Republicans and or Democrats. Um, and, you know, you and I chose the libertarian route, which, you know, because you don't want to be burdened with that whole thing of winning libertarians running in New Hampshire. That's how bad. many plus the 15. presidential ticket. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. So, uh, so is that all you want to do is call about that? Thanks for the Just call. Just wanted man. to call about that and hopefully, you know, go uphill from last hour. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, yeah, last hour we had a guy calling about Britney Spears out of nowhere, and we really will take your calls about absolutely anything. Let's go to Todd, <laughs> listening in Austin, Texas. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hey, Todd, you're on the air. Uh, I just wanted to call in and clarify about I read some articles about the uh, protests that you're reading and the uh, police infiltrating the Occupy movement here. Yes, and the in Austin. Is actually just a really simple device. It's just a, it was just like a five-foot piece of five-inch five PVC pipe with a bolt in the middle. What it does is it allows two people to join hands in the middle holding onto that bolt, and it makes it hard for police to break the line. So try to explain to me how it goes again. It's a five-foot piece of PVC pipe. Five-inch diameter, five-foot piece of PVC pipe. So you stick your hands with, down the pipe and lock right, hands inside the pipe? Well, actually, it described it as having a bolt in the middle for you both to hold on to. Ah, okay, okay. So a bolt going through the pipe in the middle. Um, so, and the other thing that's interesting, it's kind of your law. If you're just making the device, the crime is, uh, I think, the same as the crime you would be committing with it. Wow. But it's interesting, once you actually uh, go out to use it or encourage someone else to use it in an actual crime, then it's a state jail felony. So... Even though the crime we're committing with the device is not a state jail felony, making this device to commit that crime was. It's crazy. That is just so, weird. Making a pipe that, with a bolt through the middle of it is a felony. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and one of the things that's interesting is the people who didn't use this device are only being charged as a misdemeanor crime of obstructing a street or whatever it was. But because they made this device to, to do that, they're getting charged with state jail felonies. And the other interesting is the guy who really committed most of the felonies is the guy who made it and the guy who encouraged other people to use it. Right, and, and the that's the detective, says, right? Right, and the law states that explicitly. So the guy had to commit two different, you know, um, acts in, in the in the law. That's the state jail felony in the in the you know in, in the situation. Wait a minute. You're saying the undercover cop has been charged? That doesn't make any sense. I must be missing something. No, he's not being charged. But I'm saying the undercover cop. Is not being charged, but he actually committed two things that are in the clause. Ah, uh, yeah. By making okay. the device and by then encouraging people to use it, yep. both those things are in there, but the person who actually used it is the only one being charged. Right, so it's legal when they do it. Uh, so when they when they infiltrate a movement, which is what this call is about, last hour we were talking about Austin police have admitted uh, to placing agents provocateur in the, uh, in the Occupy. Occupy movement. And they encouraged or this agent encouraged people to make this lockbox device to make their protests more uh, you know, difficult to break up. That's what the purpose of the, the lockbox it's is. It's kind of like chaining yourself to a tree at a protest. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting, obviously, is this device is ridiculously simple. I mean, it's not like someone made some complicated thing that's yeah. for a commission of a crime. I mean, it's a PVC pipe, essentially. Um, you know, so it's, it's interesting. We'll Thanks for sharing that, that detail with us. I hadn't uh, taken the time to find out exactly what the lockbox was. Yeah, right. The only thing you should be charged with uh, for you know in the, in the circumstances if you make a weapon, and this isn't a weapon. 
Well, anything that right, can... Well, when they put a law that's not very often enforced. So, I mean, I'm just one of those things they kind of enforce when they want to and pull it out. So, yeah. Yeah. Todd, yeah. thanks for sharing that, man. I appreciate it. Anything else on your mind tonight? Oh, one other thing. There's a interesting device that I think would address the, um, the photography issue. <laughs> I haven't bought one, but because they're a little bit expensive, but I want to get one. There's a thing called an iFi card, E-Y-E-F-I, and it's yeah. actually an SD RAM card that can get on a Wi-Fi network. Just the card itself. While yeah, it's in your camera. I've heard about these so, uh, and, things and before. There's a, and there's an iPhone app for it. So one of the things these guys could have, or photographers that feel they might be in a similar situation, is you know take the pictures with the iFi SD RAM card in your camera, and then have the program in your phone, your smartphone. There's an Android app as well automatically download those pictures for you. Very smart. Yeah, that way the pictures are stored on your phone, and they just if they take your camera, then uh, you'll still have right. the photos. Thanks, Todd, for the call. There's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. Toll-free number is 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. Coming up, Nemi's going to share with us a disturbing update on a story about a man who was uh, had his house raided by the police. He defended his house uh, and himself by shooting back. They, of course, ended up killing him, but there's something outrageous that's happened in the aftermath, and uh, we'll share the latest on that. Uh, 855-450-FREE allows you to take control of the airwaves here. Also, you can visit us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system wherein you can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. And like the rest of the features on our site, that BBS is completely free. So go to bbs.freetalklive.com and get interactive there. Also want to let you know about the Free State Project. Your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime is to get together with other people who agree with you on the ideas of freedom. And then do something about it. Don't just sit back and look at pictures of Britney Spears all day. <laughs> Get out, do something for freedom, whether that's working in a political campaign or whether it's creating media or whether it is uh, you know, lobbying existing uh, politicians to change their mind about things or perhaps doing civil disobedience. There's just a lot that can be done and a lot that needs to be done, and we're doing it here uh, in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project with over 1,000 people already here. As part of the project, over 12,500 are pledged to make the move to New Hampshire. So join up over at freestateproject.org. Learn more there. It's, uh, it's again, freestateproject.org. Glenn is on the line listening in Ontario. Glenn, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Nemi and Mark. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Glenn. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was just calling uh, the other day. I was listening to uh, a show from a couple of days ago when you guys were discussing intellectual property. Yes, and um, and I just thought I would call in and uh, tell you about a friend of mine when I was in college who took viral videos on YouTube and turned it into a six-figure salary. How did that happen? It sounds uh, interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm not uh, – actually, I don't know the whole story. I know that um, there's a – Video on a news uh, site, City TV, I believe. I actually put a link on your um, on your upcoming news stories. Um, and basically, he 
just did some videos that kind of went viral, became very popular, and now he's got like a YouTube partnership. And wow. and um, now he's got a the kid in the background, basically making uh, six figures out of it. And he's got like ten people working for him, and I just thought it was an interesting story with regards to um, making money while providing free content to the end user. Yeah, I love those success stories of uh, you know self-made successes on the internet. That How's just he making his money though? I mean, you know, so he's making viral videos. How's where's the where's the money? Um, I think it just comes from because I know you can become a YouTube partner, and they put uh, as you've noticed on YouTube, they've got usually like a fifteen to thirty second advertisement in the front end of uh, videos now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. I know that there's like there are um, people who are hired by YouTube to now basically produce. YouTube TV shows type things. Really? And I'm not sure how his website, like I, I haven't talked to him for a while. I just saw this news story that tied into uh, to that. Uh, like I said, the, the link on, um, on the upcoming news story, uh, I'm not sure if he told you any more than I just told you, but I was initially sorry, like he actually used to be homeless for a bit and now he's just... Wow, that's a big change going uh, from homeless to internet media mogul. Uh, always love hearing those stories. Uh, Glenn, anything else you want to share? Um, No, I guess that's it. Uh, Appreciate the call, man. Thanks for making it tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, you think you hear about the uh, that story, and like you said, Mark, where's where's the money? Yeah, And it's, uh, it's hard for us to envision it, right? Because, you know, internet advertising doesn't seem to be a whole lot of money. But I guess if you're getting millions of views on YouTube, a few cents here and there could possibly add up. I would I would guess. I mean, you know, some of the, some of these people are making money doing this stuff. I don't know who's making the money. I I couldn't tell you, but I'd be interested in finding out. Right, and it's interesting that uh, you know that you you can make money through the YouTube system, where YouTube is making enough money for them and their huge operation, and still enough to actually pass on a few cents to uh, the users. And I think the, the few content. cents might really nail it down. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with how network radio ads work, and the shows aren't getting rich. You mean, when you say network radio, you mean like big companies buying ads all over the place on big, uh, big and small shows. What they'll do is they'll buy bundles uh, through you know organizations like you know whatever some companies out there, and those companies will sort of bundle together small shows with big shows and just kind of sell radio time and what they call uh, gross ratings points mm-hmm. grips. They'll sell grips to people, and um, you know they'll buy grips, and uh, then you know these these ads kind of trickle down. The, st- the company that sells it uh, they get a cut. The company that uh, middlemans the deals and puts uh, some of the little guys together. They they get a cut, and then uh, you know the shows. They get a cut, right? So uh, you know maybe that's a similar. Obviously, if you're buying shows or displays on YouTube, you're probably only paying you know a cent or something like that per per view. Or I mean, I can't imagine they're paying that much uh, over the scheme of things for each. I mean, I don't know. I've never looked into buying ads on on YouTube, but I wonder. You know, how many do you? There's these ad blocking softwares that are available for various different plugins and such for various different browsers. I wonder if the people using ad blocking software are being counted as views of those ads or not. I don't know. I would answer, I would suspect yes. I My- believe it depends on the ad blocking mm-hmm. the plugin that you're using. Either it it loads but it doesn't display or it doesn't load at all and that's right. where your your click count is going to be whether it counts or not. If the browser actually loads the ad but doesn't doesn't show it versus actually doesn't download it in the first place. 
We we were uh, advertisers on Google for quite some time. We had what their AdWords is that that's right? right. Yeah, and uh, we really noticed no discernible difference in our downloads when we stopped doing it. Is that correct? Uh, you know, I haven't really looked at the numbers. You've been looking at the numbers more often than I have, Mark. Have you noticed any? Uh, we've stopped for about a month now with Google. I can't tell. Can't right. tell anything. So, yeah, Google was – we were paying, what, about 300 bucks uh, a month for, yeah, for Google ads, huge, I think. It's thanks to the amplifiers. Right, yeah, thanks to the Free Talk Live amplifiers. And, it you know, it looks good. Like, when you look at the statistics, every one of those dollars you pay out is for an alleged click, right? So, the, the, you know, the way – alleged that, click. Yeah, the, the way it's set up is that you pay per click. And so we wouldn't be spending the 300 we would only spend a fraction of that if we didn't get enough clicks but every single month we're getting all the clicks we're spending money you know you they let you set a budget and so you say well i, I can spend them this much per day and then they run right up to that budget and you get all the clicks that they you know you claim you're getting but supposedly all of those people should be new uh, users to the site. Now, you're not going to retain everybody that clicks on an advertisement, but you should be retaining, retaining some. some of them over time. And we had uh, done advertising with Google for at least a couple of years, maybe even longer than that, uh, at that uh, at that level. And um, not no a lot real, of retention. No that. real change. Uh, so I don't know. And we were showing up with, you know, searches like talk radio, you know, general searches. We would show up there in the top three ads on uh, on Google results. I remember there was even one time at a industry convention where one of the speakers was talking about Google ad uh, ads and he had a, a slide up on his display and there was Free Talk Live up there as so he was trying to explain to these, you know, dinosaur radio guys how to do internet advertising. You know, this we were already there. Is a mouse. Right. You position you use it to position the cursor. The cursor goes over the big G. That kind of thing. So anyway, uh, 855-450-FREE. So did it work? I don't know. I mean, I, 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 know we, I, I know at one point I got an amplifier who said they found us through Google Ad. So that's not that a bad was something. Thing. That was something. There's an old saying in advertising, and it's uh, what, uh, you know, what clients might say is, uh, you know, I know that half of my advertising dollars work. I just don't know which half. (laughs) 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll free line. We know what works, and that's word of mouth. That's you uh, telling your friends about Free Talk Live and sharing the episodes. It's certainly worth it. Uh, More coming up. Free Talk Live. You take control. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com and grab archives. They're there for you. You just click and download. There's no requirements uh, that you have to jump through hoops. You don't have to view any advertising or anything like that. You just go and enjoy at freetalklive.com, and they go back for years, plus you can access the SoundCloud page, which makes it easy to share all of our archives. And you can do that by going to freetalklive.com, look on the left-hand side under Listen and Share, and then click the SoundCloud link to access a whole bunch of archives and then use the Share button on any one of them to easily share it to Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, wherever it is that you like to hang out online. I'm convinced the most important invention in the area of freedom this decade 
is the Bitcoin. Uh, you can go to weusecoins.org and find out more about the Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is an online, peer-to-peer, open-source internet currency. You can send and receive money without having to pay any fees. And, you know, those fees add up. If you're using the big payment disbursement bank online, every it's 3%. So you send, send money 30 times and pretty soon you have no money at all. Bitcoins, not so. You also have complete control of your account. No one can hack, you know, no, no one can, uh, you know, mess with your account if it's secured. And you do have to, you have to take precautions and secure your account. But um, no one can inflate the Bitcoin currency. No one can counterfeit them. It's Bitcoins. We use coins.org. And if you need optical transceivers for your networking equipment and you want to support Liberty at the same time, buy them from MemoryDealers.com. They take Bitcoins, too. Okay, so uh, you can call in about whatever's on your mind. Coming up, looks like there's been some secession happening in the European Union, specifically from Spain. Uh, We'll talk more about that coming up here in a little bit. But, Nemi, you've got an update on a story that we talked about. It seems like it's been a few months at least now uh, since this went down. There was a, a guy who was an alleged drug dealer who allegedly was selling steroids at one point, and uh, the police decided they were going to engage in a, uh, a an armed raid that's on his right residence. this was in april and that's here in new hampshire in a town called greenland so uh, east east side of new hampshire yeah it's over over near the seacoast so it's not on our side of the state but um yeah it's closer to closer to the seacoast um and this the families of and the wounded officers who have survived are suing the mother of the shooter because he took the, out the chief of police. Yep, he in this killed. Raid. He killed the chief of police, and I believe he wo- he wounded four other four other officers. Yeah. Um, and it, he he's now being held. Uh, excuse me. He, his mother his is now being, is held. being held. His body is being <laughs> held. Well, he was shot. Correct. Um, and it's believed that he shot his girlfriend before he killed himself. Mm. Um, but the wound, the families of the the wounded officers, the the and also the killed police chief, are now trying to sue the mother, um, who owned owned and controlled the house where this guy was, mm. and and all of this went down. And what on on what grounds? That she knew that he was operating a criminal enterprise. And what 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 evidence do they have of that? They don't. Okay. They, you know, having proof doesn't mean it's true. You know that you can't sue, Mark. Right? It's it, you know people would like to believe that that was the case. So the mother's lawyer has asked the judge in the case to dismiss the lawsuit, saying that obviously allowing it to proceed will create a new standard by which parents can be held legally responsible for their adult children's actions. And he says, quote, imposing such a liability on parents of an adult child would effectively make all parents potentially liable for the acts of their children, no matter what age. <laughs> this guy based, was in his late, late 20s or whatever, Yeah, right? he's 29. Yep, 29. Uh, make, um, so all, wait, what are you reading from right now? Is this, this is from the union leader. Okay, but the, uh, the quote, they're quoting, is this the defense attorney's this is the de- This is the mother's lawyer. Okay, so yes, defense attorney's. Um, imposing such a liability on the parents of an adult child would effectively make all parents potentially liable for the acts of their children, no matter what age, based on any allegation that the parent knew or should have known right. that the adult child engaged in criminal conduct. 
Now, it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't care if the, 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 the child is an adult, which seems like a really confusing term, an adult child. I, but what they mean is the offspring right. of the, the parent. Right. parent. But, uh, you know, Mark, you went to prison at age 17. That's correct. Uh, for nine years. And uh, so, you know, can you imagine your mother being held responsible for, uh, for what you did? It was really going to confuse the situation if everybody's uh, parents are held responsible, no matter how old that person is who did such a thing. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean... This was a botched raid, and these police officers aren't taking responsibility for. Well, it was botched only in that uh, you know somebody fought. People back. died, right? Well, like this guy actually fought back. Usually in a they drug should raid, have never had the opportunity to fight back. I mean, how many of these raids does the person know it's coming? They should be sitting in their living room, uh, you know, watching TV or you know whatever they're doing. The, the well, idea that this guy had the opportunity houses. to to pull a gun. I mean, you know, these raids, they have the, the, the element of surprise. They're supposed to have the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. So to call this anything but botched is being pretty darn generous. Yeah, that, that's very true. And it says here, and this is also true, when police arrived at his doorstep in April, Mutri was free on bail awaiting trial on drug charges following a 2010 search at the Greenland home, which ended with police seizing numerous weapons and steroids. So they had raided his house before. Right. Yep, he had had previous run-ins with Greenland police prior to the shooting. Hmm. I knew I'd known that they had arrested him previously for uh, stealing steroids, uh, allegedly, but uh, I didn't know that they had actually previously raided his house. So, I mean, they even should have known the layout. You want to talk about a botched raid? These guys have been inside the house before. <laughs> now, I I hate to say this because it it strikes me as is not the nicest thing to say but what five police officers show up at a drug raid not wearing vests i mean this Mm. guy had a nine millimeter and he ended up taking out one rifle no nine millimeter and that's actually named in the suit they believe the mother also owned the weapon that he used so what difference does that make i mean like because i know where my mom's handgun is yeah that now now she's responsible it's crazy absolutely Absolutely. So they are trying to hold her responsible for the actions of her adult son because apparently she knew that the drug activities were still continuing on her property. So so they claim. So they claim. It's nuts. You know, and and I mean we see this a lot with truancy yep. in schools. We see this with with underage, you know, minor children too. Are parents responsible for the crimes of the child? I don't think that the parent is responsible or negligent necessarily in in this case, and I don't think parents should be held legally responsible for the no actions way. of their kids either. Now, unless they're blatantly negligent, and I don't think that she is here. And now this is also comes into the realm of landlord responsibility for a renter too. Uh, when I was doing you know property management uh, for my my family's business we had this you know drug free household thing that they'd have to sign saying that uh, you'll never ever 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 uh, bring drugs into this house and you know that kind of thing you know this kind of nonsense that uh, people sign and they don't care anything about i actually had renters sign it and then we went and back and smoked a joint um <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, that just goes to show the, uh, the the level of nonsense that these things are. But, you know, what what responsibility does one have for uh, one's renters? I mean, if you know that they're they've that they smoke marijuana, if you know that they sometimes they'll sell a bag, uh, where where does the responsibility start? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, there are police out there who would likely advocate for if, you know, a crime is a so-called crime. 
if you know a crime is being committed, that you have an obligation to report it. Well, I can tell you that police uh, agencies have have confiscated rental uh, uh, rental units that they have found uh, people were they they claim selling drugs out of. From the landlord. From the landlord, who you know, ostensibly had no understanding. Right. I mean, you know, I see, I see, may see my renters once every quarter or or less. I mean, I mean if I they're paying the rent on time. Next, I don't care. I got them living next door to me, and I don't know what they're doing. You know, right. how would you? Right, and in New Hampshire, at least, I don't know where what state you're talking about, Mark. This was Florida. Yeah, in New Hampshire, if um, a tenant of yours is found growing marijuana on growing marijuana, you can potentially lose your house. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm surprised they didn't do that to me because that happened to my tenants a few years ago. They were actually raided uh, for growing uh, marijuana, and they brought him up on charges. They yeah. stole the plants. It was three felony charges, and I, the cops didn't even tell me they'd raided the house. Yeah. I, I had no idea. I think they waited until I had left the duplex for the day yeah. to go and do something and then pulled the raid because I had no idea. I didn't hear anything. He told me they were, you know, crashing around, banging, you know, banging the door in and, and making, you know, shouting like they tend to do. 855-450-FREE, your renter tenant stories. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And, by the way, over at freetalklive.com, you can support the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a list of things that you can do there to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world, whether it be putting a bumper sticker on your ride or, and by the way, the instructions are there as to how you get a free bumper sticker, but you have to be able to follow instructions. So somebody sent me an envelope today which did not have an envelope inside of it. Therefore, I cannot send a bumper sticker back. Uh, the idea is a self-addressed stamped envelope. I know probably this is a new new idea for the internet generation. Yeah, the younger folks probably don't even know what a self-addressed stamped envelope. They don't. They're not used to hearing that rattled off on a regular basis. Right. What that means is that you enclose an envelope in which we can send you back a bumper sticker, so that we're not kicking out forty cents for the free bumper sticker we're sending you. Right. We already paid for the bumper stickers, uh, so you know. Hopefully, we don't have to pay for the postage. That's the idea. Uh, and so send an um, regular address an envelope, put a stamp on it, put our address on it, put an envelope with your address on it and a stamp on it inside of the envelope you're sending to us. And we'll just you don't have to include a note. We'll just stick the uh, bumper sticker in there and send it back to you. Uh, so I'm so glad you're here to explain this to me, Ian. Pe- apparently, some people, you know, they uh, maybe they just didn't get it, or maybe I did a poor job of explaining it on uh, on the website. But anyway, promote dot freetalklive.com is where you can go to uh, get the details on uh, on how to do that. So 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
as uh, we continue here. You can bring up anything you want. Evan listening in New York City. Evan, you're on Free Talk Live. Get a rope. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. Oh, hey. Um, how's it going? We uh, are doing a great radio about... show. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Go ahead with your uh, your thoughts. Yeah, okay. I was calling because I called a few months ago about relationships and breakups and how to handle them and stuff. And I was just wanting to get your guys' opinion on, like, can you be friends with an ex? Yes. Like, like good friends. I good think friends? Well, how good? Question. I don't know. Um, I think that uh, I think you need to put some time between uh, the breakup and um, you know when and now. Who did the dumping? She did. Oh, okay. So I, I need you to ask your. I need you to answer this uh, question as honestly as you can. Do you want to get back with her? Hello. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, all, all, all I know is that I want, I would, I do miss her as a friend, just like talking right as of right now. You know. When did the breakup happen? Um, in May. Okay. But like we lived together, and then I just moved out like a month ago, so we didn't really like. We were still around each other a lot. So the breakup happened. Like Y'all ago. lived together for a couple months. You you moved out a month ago. Yeah. Uh, what's her status with a current relationship? What do you with? Does she have a new boyfriend? She is currently seeing somebody. Yeah. And how quickly after the breakup did that occur? Uh, like a month. That you know of, and, uh, and how but I know of, yeah. How butthurt are you about that? Pretty hurt. I mean, I was. I felt more. I think betrayed than anything, you know, because it was somebody that I knew. So you got a thought. So why why do you still want to be friends with this person? Because like, do you miss her or do you miss like, someone? That's my question. I, I like really. missed her as a friend. She we were like really good friends. Okay. Do you have other friends who are of the same caliber? Maybe not that you saw naked or slept with or lived <laughs> with or anything. But do you have other close friends that that kind of measure yeah, up to that? But, no, I mean, not really. Because I mean, she was you know. Okay, so do you miss her or do you miss someone that that could be anyone in a companion? Uh, yeah, a companion. Are you are you just are probably you... more companion? Yeah, probably right. Okay, so I would say skip being friends with her because clearly, you know the the way things ended, it, you feel betrayed. You don't feel that you got that and even even shake. Would that be fair? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I guess I have in every relationship, like one person really has no idea. That that's coming necessarily, you know. So I don't know that that's always true, but I would say if this not is always a- true, but I feel like mostly true. Okay, fair enough. I, I'm not. I I don't know enough really about your situation to to debate it. But I I would I would say if she's not treated you well, I wouldn't necessarily want to keep her around as a friend. Um. Well, I wouldn't say she didn't treat me well, but I, I definitely made them major mistakes in terms of like the relationship not like i cheated on her or called her names or anything like that so you're claiming that you deserve the treatment um so therefore her uh, bad treatment is uh it's reasonable because you uh, treated her poorly too is that the claim i didn't really treat her bad though you know i think so what did you allegedly do to her to deserve being treated bad i think 
it ended mostly because she felt like emotionally I wasn't as committed as she was, which... This doesn't sound like she was very emotionally committed if she moved on within a month, dude. Sorry, but... I know, but she was like, oh, you know, he's my best friend. Wait, what? Well, how long... (laughs) Hold on now. How long are you supposed to uh, be forlorn after a a relationship is over before moving on? I don't know. I, I guess it's it's subjective. <laughs> what, what, right. what say, period of, of time? I'd say a, a month is probably getting close to the minimum amount of time that one would, uh, you know, sure. if, if one was going to keep up the the pretense of having mourned properly. Um, now he's uh, just revealed that this is a good friend of his, so somebody who's been skulking about on a pretty regular basis. Um, so maybe it was just presented that they were together um, at at a month out. But we don't know. Right. And I, 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 we, oh, we don't know. Yeah. I only found out because like. Um, I was. She was going out somewhere, and he said that this guy was coming. And then she was like, "Yeah, we're kind of dating." I'm like, "What?" And mm, and you were living there at the time. You know, you know what I hear? Yeah. I hear pain yeah. and hurt. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to keep a relationship going. It's not going to be a healthy relationship. Uh, as, as by this, a friendship relationship going with this uh, person, if you are feeling pain and hurt over the situation. Mm -hmm. Now, I could be wrong, and you could be deluding yourself that you have no pain and hurt at all, in which case, uh, please go ahead and learn uh, from what it's like to uh, try to maintain a relationship with somebody uh, that you have pain and hurt about. And that's fine. You know, people learn these ways, but my advice is is that you have not put enough time between, you know, what happened and, uh, you know, today. I would would agree with Mark. Yeah. Okay. You probably, I mean, I think you're right. Is there any way you could give me the handle? Like, we have a tight circle of friends that we share. I'm not sure how to, like, address them, you know, in a way that says that, you know, if we, we hang out together, I don't really want to see her right now. Okay, uh, so ask ask good. who's going to be there. Ask who's invited. If you don't want to see her, then don't see her. You know, if she walks in somewhere where you are, you excuse yourself and leave. I mean, you know, you have feet. They work. Yeah. I'd say to be civil in these circumstances, if you can, you know, you know, put a smile on your face and mm-hmm. act dumb and happy, and uh, you know, let let that just you know <laughs> slide past you. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's important to be out there right now. Um, you know, you know, you, you sound like you're in a vulnerable place and that uh, you want to you, you're missing companionship. So you know, get some companionship, but you're not going to do that from your living room. Good advice. Evan, thanks for the call, man. Good luck out there. Good luck. Appreciate hearing yeah. from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We have no qualifications, whatever, to give relationship advice on this show. Everyone is equally qualified. <laughs> right. I suppose to some extent that's true. Because most people, well, at least most people have had relationships. And I so. think people that think about it more probably, you know, p- people that give advice on relationships all the time, mm-hmm. for instance, uh, talk show hosts that do relationship advice, they probably have some pr- some best practices in place. Yeah. But, you know. I think that uh, most people have experienced relationships and uh, have have got enough uh, mistakes under their belt that they can give some level of advice. I think that's true. I mean, if somebody's just treating you like dirt, there's no there's no reason to stay pining at a door that's been closed in your face. And if you've treated them badly, and most relationships are not one sided, um, that doesn't mean that you need to go back in order for some kind of penance. As a matter of fact, it means the opposite. <laughs> you have to keep going back to pay your price. No. There's no price to be paid. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Toll-free number here, 855-453. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, you can uh, bring up your ideas for Evan. Maybe you've got some suggestions. Maybe you have an experience 
that you can relate that would be useful to him. I presume he is uh, listening on. So feel free to add to this discussion. By no means are we the end all be all of uh, relationship advice. I know I'm sure I'm not. Speak for yourself. 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Still time for you. Hour number three is on the way. You can bring up anything you want. 855 450 free. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Nami. And Mark. All right, so you can bring up anything you want. Uh, we've been you know, talking about everything from the ridiculous security at the Democratic National Convention, the oppression of press freedom, as well as relationship advice. Heck. Somebody even called about Britney Spears tonight. So uh, we've been all over the map here. You can, of course, bring up anything. And if you want, add into uh, you know, the current topic, I guess, would be what Evan talked about at the very end of the last hour, which is, uh, is it all right to be friends with an ex? And it ended up that in Evan's situation, it probably doesn't make much sense. Um, but, you know, everybody's situation is unique. Uh, everybody's, you know, different. They're looking for different things. And if you would like to uh, kind of answer Evan's question, maybe share with us your stories about uh, anything going that you've had with an ex that maybe was successful or a dismal failure or whatever you want to share, you're welcome to do, uh, do so. At eight- for God's sakes, make it interesting. That's right. Eight- and present it in joke form. <laughs> 855-450-FREE. I think people's experiences in life are interesting. Personally, Mark, I don't know about you, but uh, they can be educational and uh, and useful. one 855 Lots of boring relationships out there, my friend. Mm. Well, usually breakups uh, aren't particularly boring. Usually there's some sort of If they're done involved. well, they are. Rife, rife with drama, right. I get where you're coming from, Mark, but I don't know how many people are, are very good at uh, at breakups. Practice. Yeah. You've had a lot of that? I've yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I've had more relationships in a week than you've had in your life, it's buddy. It's true. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't want to know. So, I want to know the answer to that question. In other news, uh, international news that uh, might be of a lot of interest to the folks listening to this program that want to get away from it all, at least the oppression of the things we call the state, the, the organizations known as the state. 
Honduras, the Associated Press, is reporting that investors can begin construction in six months on three privately run cities in Honduras that will have their own police, laws, government, and tax systems now that the government has signed a memorandum of agreement approving the project. An international group of investors and government representatives signed the memorandum on Tuesday for the project that some say will bring badly needed economic growth to this small Central American country and that at least one detractor describes as a catastrophe. The project's aim is to strengthen Honduras's weak government and falling, uh, failing infrastructure, overwhelmed by corruption, drug-related crime, and lingering political instability after a 2009 coup. The project has the potential to turn Honduras into an engine of wealth, said Carlos Pineda, president of the Commission for the Promotion of Public-Private Partnerships. He says that it can be a development instrument typical of first-world countries. The model cities will have their own judiciary, laws, governments, and police forces. They will also be empowered to sign international agreements on trade and investment and set their own immigration policy. Now, wow. This sounds a little bit different uh, than what we had talked about several yeah. months ago. Yeah. And you were here for those discussions. I was, yeah. Uh, and do you remember what the name of the group was? I don't, I don't off either. the top of my head. But I remember that they needed to go in order to... Um, Make these sort of quote unquote charter cities that would be yeah. apparently independent of the government. They would need to have a charter from the government, and at, at their rules would need to be approved by the government. Right. So it wasn't independent. Like when we dug right. down into this last, the last time we talked about this, the guy from the Seasteading Institute, Seasteading uh, Institute, Patry Friedman, who is what the grandson of uh, Dave Milton Friedman. That's right. Uh, he was involved in this, and he had left the Seasteading Institute to get involved in this building a private city in Honduras idea. And so this is kind of what was being discussed previously. And maybe the Associated Press hasn't, you know, gotten the, the right detail. Maybe there still is that provision. But what we when we were digging down, our, our big question was, you know, how independent Future Cities Development Inc. Thank you for that. Uh, that was the company. And uh, I presume you're on their website. But uh, anyway, the, the question that we had had or that I had had was, you know, what level of independence will these guys really have? How disconnected from control, uh, you know, regarding the Honduran central government, how disconnected from them will these private cities be? Well, I think and, that, um, you know, so it's it's the bait and switch. The state really has a, a, a very strong uh, position here because they can say, oh, yes, come in, build your city, do whatever you want inside of our country. We'll leave you alone. Let us sign this piece of paper with you. Right, because states can always be held to uh, their agreements, right? Right. And then, you know, no matter what they write on that piece of paper, by the way, uh, they'll they'll be able to do what they want because it's inside yes. of their country. Uh, they can just pass a law in their legislature and says, we null and void all those dumb contracts we signed. Uh, and, you know, so say we, the legislature. And then, you know, they're, they're a sovereign state they do what they want they go in and they take over these uh, these cities that unless of course this private police force is able to effectively defend the, the city agreed so the but what we determined from our the research that we looked into when we were looking into this was that yeah like you said nemi they do have to go through a legislative process like their charter needs to be approved their laws need to be yeah. approved so it wasn't really truly an independent entity Right. So the way they're making it sound in this Associated Press article is that they'll be able to have their own laws and their own judiciary and their own police and that they'll like be completely independent. And if that's the way it goes, then that's great. And I hope that that's true. But if it's if it if it ends up being the case that, yeah, you can have your own laws subject to approval by our state legislature, 
then that's not really a truly independent uh, situation. It depends on how much oversight the state legislature wishes to have. I that's mean, what they, I'm saying. Either they are allowed to have their own laws or they're, they have to go through some sort of an approval process, in which case then they're not. What if the re- approval process is some kind of rubber stamp that doesn't really matter? I mean, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of, of countries, uh, you know, all kinds of sort of autonomous states that function under the power of other states. I think Greenland and Denmark have some kind of relationship that I'm not is clear that that's changed sometime relatively recently. You're going to read about uh, some islands seceding from Spain. I mean, these things happen all the time where these countries, uh, I mean, the Falkland Islands. Does Great Britain really run the Falkland Islands? Uh, you know, I mean, this is, it, it just depends on what kind of oversight this country wishes well, to, to have. Right. And that's what's not really clear here. This Associated Press piece is making it sound like it's just, you know, going to complete completely be a free day for uh, these these private cities. And I don't know if that's true, because that leads to the question, if that were true, if it were true that these private cities have total autonomy, then what does Honduras get out of it exactly besides, you know, jobs for the people that live down there? Uh, that would be a huge uh, that would be a huge boon for them. Will they still be imposing a state income tax on all the people working in these private cities? Well, Why think- would it be a boon for the state of Honduras. I'm not talking about for the Honduran people. It would be a boon for the people, absolutely. Do you want me to argue uh, you know, why they would want to do this and leave these things alone? Because they'd be hugely successful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, cities would build up around them. And then you know, Honduras could uh, service those. The country of Honduras could service those. Now, I, I would be very, very concerned. That's a pretty long-term plan, though, for a state, right? Like, states want to get money now. They want to get your money, ASAP, and, and that's a really big plan. Like, okay, let's get these private cities built, and then maybe we can build our own Honduran cities around them and possibly make some money. Yeah, okay, I can see but, that, but the politicians aren't going to benefit from There are a lot that. of instances where people go in, uh, where people have gone in historically, like Texas, for instance. Mexico welcomed in uh, people from the United States to come into the to, to settle the area called Texas at the time, and the Texans moved in. They said, yes, we kind of like it here, and we'd like to go back to the United States. And so they took it and they went you know, they did self-government, um, basically, and they decided they wanted to be back in the United States. It took them a little while to get into the Union. But it, I wouldn't surprise me at all that, um, you know, the people were able to go in here and just say no to state encroachment from Honduras. I mean, you know, because it, it, it matters how these people's frames of mind. Really what it all comes down to is the frame of mind of the governed. If these people go into these cities and they say we're not being governed by Honduras— and they act as though they're not being governed by Honduras, then Honduras really can't do anything except try to roll in what the, how many tanks could they possibly have in Honduras, in which case, uh, you know, do you want people that you've had to subjugate in this manner? I mean, they really would have to kill the goose yep. that laid the golden egg. The model cities will have their own judiciary, laws, governance, and police forces be empowered to sign international agreements on trade and investment and set their own immigration policy. Congress President Juan Hernandez said the investment group MGK. So it's a completely different group. Uh, what was the, the other name? Future Cities. Future Cities. So this is MGK Group is apparently who's involved here. We'll uh, tell you more as we learn it here. 855-450-FREE. We'll share that and you can share your thoughts as well. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. 
Do you like action and adventure? Do you like suspense? Do you like being scared? Are you tired of the same old crap from your fantasy and horror authors? Then try something original. Give Matthew Bellotti's books a read. As a special promotion to introduce you to his work, all his ebooks will be free to download at mwb.freetalklive.com September 5th and 6th. All five of his books, free, no strings attached. It's Matthew Wayne Bellotti, the best fantasy horror author you've never heard of. mwb.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. That toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. If you've got a business and that business is, you know, focused on doing what you're focused on doing on and uh, doing, well, it's probably not accounts receivable. And accounts receivable are a very important part of doing business. SACL CAI. They can handle that for you. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. SACL, C-A-I. So we're sharing with you a story that was kind of a surprise. Uh, we talked previously about the Future Cities organization and how they had uh, been talking with the Honduran government people about uh, basically carving out an autonomous zone or what was being advertised as an autonomous zone, some sort of an area in which they would be free to build their own private city and, and kind of have their own governance there and set their own rules. We talked quite a bit about this several months ago, and now there's news from the Associated Press that a completely different organization, the MKG Group, or the MGK Group, which, uh, which one did you say? I, I can't tell which We're it's not supposed sure to which be. One. The article here from the AP actually uses both. Name. So some group that's not Future Cities has entered into an agreement, a memorandum as it's called, with the Honduran government to ostensibly have three cities uh, that will be uh, that allegedly will have their own judiciary, laws, governments, and police forces. Will be able to sign international agreements on trade and investment and set their own immigration policies. Congress President Juan Hernandez said the investment group MGK will invest 15 million. To begin building the basic infrastructure for the first model city near Puerto Castilla on the Caribbean coast. That first city would create 5,000 jobs over the next six months and up to 200,000 jobs in the future. According to Hernandez, South Korea has apparently given Honduras $4 million to conduct a feasibility study, he said. Michael Strong, the CEO of the MKG Group, or MGK, if you search for Michael Strong... With MKG Group, mm. you don't find anything besides this article. So I I am not certain how to learn more about the MKG Group. They don't appear to, you know, at least a, a basic Google search, don't appear to have any real presence online. Maybe I just missed something or maybe I just, maybe the AP got something wrong. Right. I don't know. Transpose letters or something. Uh, or maybe this is, you know, a relatively new group that has been formed with some of the people. Who knows? Maybe the future cities people are involved in this somehow. I don't, I don't think know. so. I'm looking at Patry's uh, site here, and he's not mentioning uh, future cities at all. Right? Maybe now. somebody outbid them. You know, maybe uh, maybe the word about future cities got out, and there's another group out there that uh, made a better offer to the Honduran government. Yeah, he seems to be focused on seasteading right now. Because I have to maybe wonder. He just, maybe he had some of the same concerns that we had. Who well, knows? Yeah, I, and I have to wonder. You know, what is the Honduran government getting out of this deal? Are they just getting an upfront cash payment? Are they getting, you know, several million dollars from this group? 
What are they getting out of this? And if you have any uh, speculation, I'd love to hear from you at 855-450-FREE. Well, they're definitely getting some money because they're buying this land in order to uh, to, to, to open these cities. So absolutely. I mean, are they buying the land? They're that would make make sense that they essentially would be. doing that. Yes, I mean, Greece Greece is selling islands right now. There are a lot of very poor mm. countries that are having a lot of problems, and I imagine that they, you know, but my problem, my my concern is buyer's remorse um, in these circumstances where they they get their money and they decide a few years later that you know what we need uh, we, we need to do something about these gringos here. Their you know their their laws don't fit with ours or something. Like okay. Tr- uh, sorry to interrupt here. Yep. I have uh, news from it's, it's Spanish news, and it says the state. It's a quote here: "The state of Honduras will continue to exercise its right to sovereignty in matters of defense and foreign affairs on city models, model cities. So it is not a sale of the land." So repeat that one more time. They're going to okay. exercise what? The state of Honduras will continue to exercise its right to sovereignty in matters of defense and foreign affairs mm-hmm. on model cities, so it is not a sale of the land. Hmm. Yeah, I think that it probably could be uh, akin to sort of like a uh, deed-restricted a community kind of thing. I mean, you're, you know, you have... They they have a great deal of autonomy hmm. comparison in comparison to other cities uh, would be the way that I would describe this. I just don't know what it's going to be like and how it's going to be implemented. And I think to some extent it really comes down to the attitude of the people in these cities. If they're fiercely independent, they have yeah. the expectation that they're not going to be ruled by Honduras, and they they intend not to be ruled by Honduras, but to you know because Honduras hasn't shown itself to be a particularly great model in the area of success. No, it's known as I mean, a very corrupt place. Yeah, I would want, not want that government uh, over me. I'm certainly going to take the United States government uh, over Hon- the Honduran one. Uh, you know, if I for don't no know. Other, Depends. For, for, if for no other reason than safety. Uh, you know, I believe that I'd be safer in the United States than I would be in Honduras. But well, the government has no obligation to keep you safe. That doesn't change the fact that I am safe. I believe myself to be safer. These are very dangerous places. Guatemala and Honduras are very dangerous places right now because of the drug war that the United States government perpetuates. So MKG Group, if you look for it, uh, there is a website that appears to be a hospitality industry site. Perhaps that's them. The guy who's behind the group, uh, the CEO, Michael Strong, says the future will remember this day as the day that Honduras began developing. We believe this will be one of the most important transformations in the world through which Hondurans will end poverty by creating thousands of jobs. Hernandez, who is the Congress president, said another city will be built in the Sula Valley in northern Honduras and a third in southern Honduras. He gave no other details. The project is opposed by civic groups as well as the indigenous Garifuna people who say they don't want their land near Puerto Castilla on the coast to be used for the project. Living along Central America's Caribbean coast, the Garifuna are descendants of the Amazon's Arawak Indians, the Caribbean's Caribis, and escaped West African slaves. These territories are the Garfuna peoples and can't be handed over to foreign capital in an action that is pure colonialism like that lived in Honduras during the time that our land became a banana enclave, said Miriam Miranda, president of the Fraternal Black Organization of Honduras. Now that brings up an interesting uh, side of this particular mm-hmm. story because you know if this is uh, native land that the Honduran government is just basically ceding to some private corporation – then it's not going to look real good when this MKG group rolls in uh, whatever kind of construction equipment and uh, private security forces and you know somehow evicts these people from their land. That's going to be really bad. Yeah, it's going to look like uh, Avatar. Um, the 
but you know, and I think in a lot of these countries, the the delineation between government land and native land is not nearly as distinct as it is in other places that, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> the government says, yeah, well, you know, you're citizens and uh, this is land that's not being used and this is we're going to do what we want with it. So it's it's a tough, tough scenario. Now, if uh, if these companies did it right, they could make it so these people are very happy that they're there. Absolutely. I mean, this this could be a real opportunity for, uh, for these folks because freedom is and that's going to be a big profitable. Yeah, that's going to be a big factor as to whether or not how successful I think they are. And if they're seen as oppressive, coming in there oppressing a native people, then I can't imagine they're going to get that much uh, support. Uh, whereas if they're somehow able to sell it to them based on whatever, then jobs that'll change it. That'll change well, that. But they may not want jobs. They right. may want their native ways. There, there's been some, there, there have certainly been more than one native group out there. That's like, we want the payoff because they're not, they're not looking for the individual native individual. Uh, they don't really care about them. They, they, the group that's the people that are in charge, they want the payoff. All right. So more to come here. Your calls also are welcome. 855-450 for your thoughts on the charter cities idea. This one in particular or whatever. 855 Five zero three seven three three. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Take control of the airwaves toll-free. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, and the number is 855 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nanny. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. A lot of features waiting for you there. We've got... Just trying to female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video to show that they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com and uh, enjoy that. And the, all the other features are there as well on the site. They are all completely free. Once again, shrine.freetalklive.com for the Shrine of Female Listeners to the phones and to your thoughts. We are talking about the idea of these autonomous cities that are being proposed uh, for Honduras. And previously, it was a group called Future Cities Development Incorporated that was making news about uh, talking with the Honduran government about doing this. Now, it's a different group. MKG Group, apparently, or MGK. The AP article is not clear on what the group's (laughs) name actually is. Uh, But uh, they are... disturbingly unclear. Now, they are going to be allegedly setting up three cities, uh, different parts of Honduras... That will ostensibly create jobs and uh, you know be a boon to the uh, the economy of Honduras. They will also allegedly be independent of the government of Honduras, and that's different from what we had originally heard about this, which is that all of the laws that would be proposed would essentially have to go through 
some sort of an approval process by the Honduran government. So whether the AP's got their story accurate or not is another question. But either way, it looks like this uh, private group is moving forward with building some cities. At least within the next six months, construction is expected to begin on the first city. Joe is in Rochester, New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Joe. Hi. Hey, Joe. Uh, yeah, the the charter cities. I'm. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm. I'm. I kind of don't feel like this is. This, I feel like this could be a bad thing, just because. My doomsday scenario is that if people don't, if we don't really get the message of liberty, people and they don't really understand things like the aggression principle, that corporations and governments just sort of combine slowly and slowly to the point where people, if if all of a sudden corporations got hold of you know sovereign areas that they would just turn into smaller governments, and if people would just kind of roll over and be like, oh, okay, there's just new private police officers, but that it wouldn't be something like where there'd be competing, you know, free markets. So if these cities actually have, like, some sort of competing, you know, competition, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they turn out, but if it turns out that it's really just a monopoly and that, that you know, the control is really only in a small group of people, I feel like that's just basically going to be a small version of government, except with people who... Uh, probably have a little more at stake because they want profits, but I, I, I just am cautious because I don't want, uh, you know, here so, where our, it seems that the corporations are kind of joining with the government that they'll sort of take over the sovereignty instead of people kind of saying, okay, let's have competing businesses. So corporations are uh, held out as scary things. And uh, I get that governments have uh, made it so the corporations uh, make it so that individuals can hide behind a corporate veil and not be quite as responsible for their actions as they should be. Um, However, there is a a model uh, that has been proposed in libertarian thought where essentially city-states would offer services in the same way that, say, hotels offer services to guests. Now, you live in, you've lived in hotels before, right? Yeah, I've gone on, yeah. Yep, you've been alive, you've been there. This is one corporation which has monopoly control over the area in which you live. They decide whether or not you get ice. They decide whether or not you get TV. They decide whether or not the water comes on in your room. I mean, they've got that kind of uh, control over you. However... Because there's competition and a lot of competition in the area of hotels, then you're able to demand certain services from these corporations that have complete control over your life. Um, they, you know, they could go so far as to not even allow you to leave. And I mean, you can create this scary scenario, but I mean, they're really just hotels, and we deal with them all the time. You're saying it'll be something different. Uh, I, I say competition in the area of governance, and I don't really care who's providing that competition. I, I say bring on Stalin's uh, you know, prison camp city-state so that there can be competition. Because when you have competition in the area of governance, a century ago, there were about 100 governments. Now there are about 200. It took a century to get here. but you know, People aren't going to want to go there if it's unwelcoming. Right. right? So if, if, scary. if things break up into city-states, there's there's probably some advantage, uh, to, you know, as far as size goes, but I don't know if it any of it portrays to the customer. Now, how would you respond to some of the people on the left who say, "Oh, well, you just want neo feudalism, where there's going to be a city controlled by a small group of people, of corporations that that they're just going to, you know, treat us bad, just like a government would." Like, I to me, I don't usually. My response is, you know, I think it, it'll be better because you can move around, but then I. 
that gets too close to them saying, oh, well, then you can just leave this country. Yeah, and then it's, you know. And in the problem with the, the the country situation is, let's not forget the United States exerts a great deal of control over the rest of the world. So, uh, you know, there are people that are trying to escape the United States' clutches that uh, can't can't go anywhere. I mean, uh, the 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 guy from um, Pirate Bay just got picked up in uh, Cambodia. Cambodia after Sw- Sweden gave a, a pretty sweet uh, uh, you know foreign aid deal to Cambodia really strange uh, scenario so you know these things go far and wide um, I think that I, here's the thing is I would say to the people on the left um, is is that wouldn't you agree that competition brings better services to individuals and you know, see what they had to say in that area. Because most people on the left, unless you're talking about getting really far onto the left, um, they they will agree with that. You know, the problem with corporations is their collusion with government. I agree, but when there's competition, you'll get something better. Joe, any other thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate oh. hearing from yeah, you tonight. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And the more look, I get it too. Like I've worked for a big corporation before. Mark, you worked at the very same corporation, a Mega Clear Channel uh, Corporation. They are not as big now as they used to be. They had to downsize because when they got too big, they got too you know bureaucratic, and they had to cut their their size down in order to be able to manage uh, their properties effectively. And, of course, some would argue there's still plenty bureaucratic today, and that's probably true. Um, by the way, thanks to all the Clear Channel stations that uh, carry this radio program. But, uh, uh, you know, they, they know what I'm talking about. If the program directors of those stations are listening, they know the frustrations of working in a corporation that's they as sure big as, uh, as Clear Channel. They know about the middle management and the, you know, the corporate uh, managers that are, you know, bringing down edicts from on high and how bureaucratic and, and difficult it can be to work in that, uh, in that environment. I am no fan of corporations. But what I'm hearing you say, Mark, is that this would be better than the status quo because the areas in which these corporations are controlling are smaller than the area, say, of the entirety of Honduras or other countries, which is controlled by also a corporation. You know, the city of fill-in-the-blank or the state of fill-in-the-blank, these are all corporate entities. They're municipal corporations. Uh, For instance, your town or city is a municipal corporation. So that's a corporate-owned territory. I'm absolutely baffled by the left's uh, sort of fear that that – you know, belief that government is good because it can control corporations. Look, government's been able to control corporations for as long as there have been corporations, and corporations, frankly, are relatively new in, in the size and scope that they exist today. It's governments that have empowered corporations, and corporations are just another name currently for rich and powerful individuals who pay off government officials, right. which is the way the government's been all along. They work together hand in hand. And so I'm certainly not somebody who trusts, you know, something just because it's a corporation that's doing it. They're likely to work with governments and they're likely to work with those governments to oppress people in a lot of ways. You know, a lot of these corporations are the ones making the tools that the governments are using to uh, sure. to crush people and destroy freedom. So uh, but, you know, having corporate run cities in, you know, all across the world that are not necessarily as controlled by the governments seems like a step in the right direction yep uh, if you think that corporations are the problem in this situation please call in and explain it to me 855-450-FREE that's the SACL CAI toll free line and you know what's nice is we'll get to watch and see what happens talk about it it's free talk live 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. You can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. Even in these remaining moments, there's enough time for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now at 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we give to you there. Listening options, news, uh, news, whether you can sign up to find out what's going on with Free Talk Live. Follow us uh, via email, Twitter, or Facebook and go to news.freetalklive.com. To get that information, get signed up. That's news.freetalklive.com. It is all completely free. If you want to get your Bitcoins in a fast, efficient manner, go to bitinstant.com. Bitinstant.com has more than 750,000 locations worldwide that you can get your Bitcoins. You can uh, get a little download code for the the place that you pick in your town. And there's likely one within just a few miles of where you live. And you can go there. Deposit money. By the time you get home, you're going to have Bitcoins in your Bitcoin wallet. If you need to find out more about Bitcoins, go to weusecoins.org. I think they're probably the most important uh, invention of the decade. It's Bitcoins. Weusecoins.org at bitinstant.com. To the phones, to your thoughts. Uh, Nant, I don't know how to pronounce this. Nantamdu in Montreal, listening via the TuneIn radio app. Hello. How do you pronounce your name? Oh, uh, it's Nantambu. It's very simple. Nantambu, you're on the air. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, um, I was just uh, listening to you when you were talking about the charter cities in Honduras. So mm-hmm. I looked up Patrick Friedman, and on his uh, Wikipedia page, it says he has a site with uh, Michael Strong. So I'm guessing it's the same guy mm. who owns uh, or who's the CEO of MGK okay. for that group. Uh, and uh, I looked into just a little bit into Michael Strong. He, he's part of this thing called Flow, which I think is uh, Freedom Lights Our World or something like that. So I'm guessing it's the same person, but I haven't really looked into it uh, any further. Excellent. Uh, nice job on that research. You're, of course, referring cool. to the discussion we've been having about these uh, cities of the future that will be basically privately run. Um, your thoughts in general on that? Uh, I think it's a good idea, you know, unless it turns into you know, just another government. I think it's a good idea if, if you can get, uh, let's say, development in Honduras and maybe, you know, they'd be a richer country. I, I think that's where the government's going on it. I think the government just wants, you know, if, let's say, it increases the incomes of Honduras, that they don't have to actually run the cities. They just have to get, you know, richer Hondurans and they can tax them there, even though that would be bad. But, you know, I think... It, yeah, it's I think hard to idea. imagine that they could do any worse than Honduras has done. Yeah, I think maybe they're so bad that they just, they're just just going to try anything, and maybe they're just going to try a little bit of freedom, you know? So basically uh, you're uh, saying that the guy behind this MKG group, um, Michael Strong, is uh, affiliated with Patrick Friedman, according to the yeah, research that you've done. 
which may mean that he is indeed a liberty-minded person, and this may not just be your average corporation that's coming in there with this plot. Yeah, hopefully. Sounds very interesting. Very good. Thanks for sharing that. Anything else on your mind? Um, We had an election in Quebec. Uh, I don't know if you heard about it. And a shooting. um, Sorry? And a shooting. Yeah, yeah, that was very that was very frightening. I was very disappointed in that. What was what a politician uh, got shot, right? At no, it wasn't a politician. It was um I think it was just a bystander, maybe a party official or something. Got shot. Uh, shot and, at. The politician yeah, got shot, shot at, at, the bystander got shot. I see. As usual, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the 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 wealthy and the uh, powerful, they make it out fine. The it's uh, you know, one of the little folks that ends up dead. Yeah. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I, I didn't want you know any violence to happen on that day, even though I didn't support the party who got elected, the party that got elected. I didn't support that. I was pretty disappointed. So things are not changing for the better in uh, Montreal, then? No, probably not. There are probably going to be more language laws, uh, more um, like fights with the federal government, which I guess are a good thing. But the problem in Quebec is that it's not like they want to do less. It's not like they want the government to do less. They just want the things that the federal government to do. They want that, the provincial government to do it instead. So it's not really you know, anything. I, not really more freedom. I brought some of this in tonight. It's about the separatist party. That now, yeah. Right. Now, they are looking for to secede entirely, correct? And this yeah, is not yeah. the, not the yeah, first yeah. time this has happened. It's happened twice no. in my lifetime that I can remember. Yeah, they had two referendums and they lost both of them. The second one by a very small margin. Now, what is the major basis for Quebec? One is it is it localized power? Is it is it a language issue? What's what it's, is the the main beef? I think historically it's because uh, the French Canadians are uh, the Quebecois are different culturally, and uh, they just I guess they just want a different political system from Canada. And I think they feel that when the power was centralized in Canada, they weren't represented very well. Like in the current government, there are very few, there are five um, elected conservatives from Quebec, and the government is conservative, and they have 75 seats uh, in Quebec. So there's a very small representation in Quebec, and I think they really feel like they're out of power, so they're better off, or a lot of people feel like they're better off just forming their own country. Now, um, about half of the population of uh, Quebec is French-Canadian, right? Uh, More than half. How much maybe more? 60, 70, maybe 60, 70 percent. But there's a lot of English-speaking Canadians that are in Quebec, too, right? Yeah, basically in Montreal, around sort of around Montreal. In there. And are those, what's it going to be like? I mean, is it going to be a witch hunt for these people, or what? I don't think it would be violent, but I just think that there'd probably be more language laws. They'd say, well, you can't have an English sign, because uh, that, that's the only real, like, the best thing about the Canadian Constitution is that it sort of limits the power of the provincial government to restrict uh, language, to restrict signage and stuff like that. So they'd probably, you know, they'd probably uh, uh, make it much more difficult to get into an English school in Quebec, which they already do. And, you know, I, I don't think it'd be very good separation, but just for those reasons. So it's, it's, it's akin to the, those in the United States who would not allow you to, uh, to, to conduct any business in Spanish. Mm. Yeah, yeah, basically. That's disturbing. Yeah. So wait, so these people are who won the seats uh, of power? Uh, we have a parliamentary system, and they won 54 out of 125. They have and to work with the other parties. And those are just the seats in Quebec? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is. I'm talking provincially here. I'm talking about the provincial government. Gotcha. Now, are these people that are supporters of secession? These people that won? Yeah, yeah, they won. The they won a plurality of, of seats. So, does that mean secession is more likely to happen now? Uh, probably not in the next ten, maybe fifteen years, because they're putting it on the back burner. There are economic issues they want to talk about, and. There was a poll, and uh, secession, the support for independence and for a referendum was at 28%. Wow. So, yeah, so it's... That no, sounds no like a big change, right so... The, people aren't thrilled with it right now. Huh, it's interesting. No. And Thanks for... We got... Sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, we got rid of uh, our premier of nine years who wanted to run for a fourth term, so... I mean, there's no way he was going to win. So, I mean, and there are a whole bunch of new parties that popped up that uh, made some... some some important gains, I'd say. Natambu, thank you for the uh, the update on uh, your scene up there. Appreciate hearing from you tonight oh. as we continue with Paul listening in Indy to WXNT. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nemi, and Mark. Hey, uh, I just had kind of an offbeat food question. I uh, I was telling your screener, I, I, I love making sandwiches. Uh, I'm trying to be organic, help lose some weight. I was wondering if you guys ever, uh, what are your thoughts on our uh, um, using organic products to you know, help one's diet. Organic uh, food, this is just a study that came out. Organic food nutritionally is really no different than the other foods I you buy in the grocery store. I just saw this this morning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, it's, you know, nutritionally, it has no difference. It's just marketing, right? It's, uh, there's, there's lack fewer, of pesticides. There's a lack of pesticides and uh, sort of a moral but they use poop. condition right. uh, around, I'm telling you, that, uh, you know, that. that yes, yeah. they use poop. Yeah. You can wash that off more easily than you I can uh, bug spray. Can you? Um, and. and if you'd had the choice between eating bug spray and poop, eat the poop, Ian. Um, really? Yes. They both sound equally bad to me. God, I love working here. <laughs> um, and whereas, uh, you know, when it, uh, there's also a moral condition to uh, eating, uh, you know, organically because, uh, the, you know, many of these uh, big big, far- big farm, um, you know, practices are less than uh, good for the environment. Well, now, hold on a second, though. Isn't it true that the reason why, you know, pesticides are used is to, well, keep pests away from crops so you can increase the yield, thereby feeding more people around the world? Some people would argue that that's not that it's not successful. But what if it uh, depletes the land in the process? There's a giant there's a space the size of New Jersey um, outside of the Mississippi, out of the Delta, of the Mississippi River, where no life grows at all. Where do you why do you think that is? I don't know. It's a good question. Let, let, maybe it might be the herbicides uh, that uh, come down the Mississippi River and then kill off the uh, the, the algae that then nothing else can live. Paul, thanks. I uh, wish we had more time to discuss. You're welcome to call back in tomorrow if you'd like. Call right at the uh, the start of the show at 7 o'clock Eastern time. We'll be happy to troll get us then. further into this. I don't know if that was a troll. It seemed like <laughs> I love sandwiches. Question. Grow your own stuff. Thanks for the call, Paul. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. 
the people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.